That's the best time to have a thought. We could take a look at the movies that are turning uh, 20 years old this year. Okay. The 2004 releases. One of my better... Uh, pull this up on your phone. One of my better uh, film years, 2004. All right. What am I looking for? Just uh, look up the list. I'll click on a different year. And let me know when you're on, like, this looks like this. Domestic Box Office 2004. Okay. Got it. And, um... I'm gonna run through a lot of them, I think. I think I'm gonna crush this, because this was the time where I certainly was paying very, very, very close attention to the box office. All right, so we're looking for the little to do. top grocers of so 2004. If correct? you're on Mojo, you go to yearly, and yeah. you click on four, and then click calendar grosses right there, uh-huh. switch that to in-release. In-year releases, all yeah, right. Because otherwise it just tells you the calendar year. Right. So anything came on December is not going to be on there. All okay, right. there we go. Uh, top grossing movie in 2004 was... Shrek 2. That's correct. Then we got, in no particular order, Spider-Man 2. Number 2. Uh, we're going to have on there... Um, the Incredibles is going to be on the list. Number 5. 20 years old this year. We're going to have... Uh, Meet the Fockers. Number 4. Uh, biggest grossing comedy in history. Um... We're going to have such films as Mean Girls, as we know, which means Man on Fire, as well. Uh, the summer kickoff movie was Van Helsing, uh, which made like 120-ish. That is correct. It made 120. Um, mean Girls and Man on Fire were also on the list, though farther down. Yes, yes, yes. They all came out around the same time, though. Sure. Uh, April, uh, May. Um, we all see anything else animation Oh, Shark Tale came out in 2004. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, we did the Pixar. Uh, there was not an Ice Age. So Blue Sky wasn't doing it. So you still got two significant releases you have not cited yet. Okay. Uh, Passion of the Christ. Yeah, that's number three on the year. Because I remember that, that hit and was making big bucks just as... Uh, Lord of the Rings is winding down. I was like, it better not fucking pass Return of the King, I swear to God. Um, uh, of course, Passion of the Christ leads us to Dawn of the Dead, the Dawn remake of with the, the Dead. Yeah, like 60 something, 50 something. Yeah, there it is, 59. Yeah, um, of course, one of the great headlines in the box office history, and I don't know who to even credit to. Um, but uh, zombies knock Jesus off top spot. That's good. That is good. Um, I'm gonna say Home on the Range was this year. Home on the Range, good lord. Yeah. Uh, I am going to take your word for it because I don't what know. What about where like? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's gonna be tough one to find. What about? Oh, um, no, that's 2003. I'm trying to think of summer movies. 
that were oh oh uh, the day after tomorrow of course yes yes um yes of course the day after tomorrow uh what one best picture that would have been million dollar baby uh so the aviators on the list there probably like one ten around that amount for the uh theater. yes one oh two Sideways came out. That's around 70 or so. Finding Neverland came out. Maybe Secret Window. That's probably like the 60 area. All right. Let's see Secret for Secret Window. Window. Uh, yeah. I have no sign of Secret Window into the 50s. Into the 50s. There's Home on the Range. Home on the Range is All there. Down. Uh, no secret window in the fifties either. I'm gonna look up. Uh, no, I think you, I think you may have missed on secret window. No, it says 2004, March 12th. Let's find no, out. No, no, there it is. 48 million dollars. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, secret window. Garfield. Yes. Was on the list, of course, of course. Oh, Scooby Doo, Monsters Unleashed. Oh, that might have been 05. I can't. I don't remember if that was two years. That didn't make money, but I, remember, I forgot. I don't remember if that was two years or three years after the it, 2000. It's 2004. 2004. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be due to Monsters Unleashed. Good year for kids movies. Um, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is gonna be on there. I, good luck. It's like in the 30s, probably. Good luck finding. Okay. It. Don't worry about it. Um. Recent, uh, recent podcast submission. Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, two thousand four. Cranks. Um, I want to get. Oh, Barbershop Two, Back in Business. I think. Let's see. Do you have a? Uh, like there it is. is Sixty-five. It yeah. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's take a uh, big, big names, right? Big yeah. names. So you got uh, Adam Sandler. So we're gonna go with check like the one twenties. We're looking for 51st Dates. 120.9. Uh, Will Ferrell, Anchorman, 70-something. Anchorman, 70-something. 85. 85, excuse me. Uh, who else was big name? Jim Carrey didn't do anything. He had Bruce Almighty. He might have done. Eternal Sunshine, I think, was 04. Check, like, 30s. Eternal Sunshine, I think, is 04. It was right after he did Bruce Almighty. Oh, Lemony Snicket? Um... We'll wait for you. Eternal Sunshine is 34. Okay. Is Lemony Snicket like 120, 111? Uh, 118. Okay. Series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was there a Harry Potter? There was. You're part of the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, that's the uh, the final... 240-something. Significant release. 240-something. Uh, you are missing three more from the top ten. Okay. Let's see if we can get those to, uh, to round out here. Uh, no Austin Powers. I'm thinking of franchises here. Or I'm just thinking of big names. Uh, no, not him. Ocean's Twelve is gonna be on there somewhere. It is. We're on like that's one, at fourteen. Yeah, one uh, eleven. One twenty-five. Oh, okay, a little better than I thought. Um. All right, well, yeah, work me through to the ten. Then. All right, so you've got uh one national Fran treasure. That is correct at nine. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any yeah, any shots at a gross there? Uh, National Treasure, the first one, 175. 173. Okay. Question. All right, so that was going to be the movie that would become a franchise. You have one movie that is part of a franchise. That's still happening. Uh, no. Or was 
was the first. Was it the first? No, it was. No, this was the second film in a franchise that uh, is not currently active, but like could be reactivated could be. at some point. Hmm. They've done five of them now. Troy's on that list. Look like That's one. a 13. Yeah, Troy's on the list. One, uh, one, uh, 24. Uh, 133, 133 for Troy. Okay. Right. Uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. I don't know where you'll find that, but somewhere in the 30s probably. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, there is a, there is a big star at the front of this that you're, uh, that you're skipping. Oh, Will Smith. I, Robot. Uh, no, that came in at 12. Okay, it's on the list though. It is. 144. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess actually number 10 also has a big star in it in a, in a different way. Tom Hanks. Didn't he though? Oh, did he? Tom? Yeah. Uh, the Terminal. Dodgeball's on there. The Terminal's on there. Um... Terminal's like, I want to say 70. Dodgeball's like one. Terminal's something. 77. Big year for Ben Stiller. Dodgeball is 114. A huge year for Ben Stiller. That was Ben Stiller's year. Along came Polly. Look, look in the 60s. Or the 80s. Look in the 80s. Okay. Uh, yep, 88. Starsky and Hutch. Look in the 70s. 88. Okay. They're sure. 26 and 27, back to back. Sure. Um, dodgeball, as we mentioned. Dodgeball. Look for Envy in, like, the 20s. Envy. Or 30s to teens. Look there, Envy. Him and Jack Black. Um, let's see. All right. Nothing there. I'm going to go back the other way. Now, there it is. Thirteen and a half yeah, very million dollars. Yeah, well, with this poster, how can you lose? Look at how much. Oh fun. yeah, Jack Black with that haircut. I've oh, seen that at Blockbuster. Um, I'm missing a big movie. Yeah. Something's got to get in us, isn't three? I don't know. I yeah, you've got to, so you've got two left here. You've still got the franchise. Uh, I'll also say that your assertion that you were done with the animated movies was not correct, <sighs> but. Damn. Uh, not in the way you'd think. Is it robots? No, I mean... Oh, it doesn't five. Oh, I, I thought you meant, is it like made with robots? No, it's not the film robots. Robots well, doesn't five. Um, so you, cite, you cited Tom Hanks. Of the Polar Express. Yeah, there you go. 180. Uh, 162. Yeah, yeah, that's number 10. You got You got number 8 left. Franchise film. This is a franchise that's still happening. Not still happening, no. but could come back. Sure. At any time. They, wow. It wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't shock. It wouldn't shock you. Uh, has already been uh, revived once. Oh, no. And that didn't, didn't go well? No, it, it didn't take, but, like, uh, they tried to... They tried to they tried to sort of flow into the next generation of it, and that didn't work, and it stopped. And then did they bring back the original people? Uh, yeah. Big star, big name. Big name in a franchise movie who was in the the remake. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is an action. 
movie. I would assume. No, anymore. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. This is... It's really kind of this star's, like, first big solo thing. Like this, this is this turned him from like, oh, this guy's like a cool actor. Oh, the born, uh, the born uh, supremacy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. One, um, forty-five. One seventy-six. Oh, fuck, I never shot it. Yeah, a little bit. And I know those grosses. One twenty something, one seventy, and then two, like fifteen for the third one. Alright, but I knew a lot of 2004. You, c- you certainly did. That was, uh, that was a very impressive run. And all those movies are turning uh, 20. Very little of that. Yeah, there's, uh, there's some good stuff to revisit this uh, this coming year. Alright, anyway. Uh, hello, everyone. This is the 258th episode of What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and say what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I am your host, Noah. And now I'm going to tell you all the movies I remember from 2004, uh, except we're done because that is not the skill set that I bring you can name to one this podcast. I, that I didn't mention, I'm sure. You were just looking at the list. Yeah, I was. Uh, the skill set I do bring to this podcast is list making. <sighs> I This week... I uh, saw the uh, continued release. Saw 2. Uh, no. Saw 2. Saw the first Saw. Wait. Saw 2. I think Saw 2. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's right. Saw seems like a 2003 thing. No, it is. It's Saw. It's Saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's Saw. Okay. Good. I... Uh, Wait, it'd be a good time to do it. The recap of the Saw franchise, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, to honor the continued release, the uh, holiday Christmas into New Year's release of Ferrari, I've gone with. Uh, okay. Someone's got to be Because we're not going to talk about it much otherwise. Someone's got to mention it. Uh, I have ranked my top five Adam Driver movies. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. I don't know you, if I can name five. You think... Uh, you think Adam Driver, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, a young, hotshot actor, but, like, has he really been around that long? Has he been in that many uh, projects where you can put together sure. a top five list? He really has. He, he is. He was uh, in Lincoln in 2012. Yes, he was. That was on my short list, but is not one of the five. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, he has a very strong, like, eight movies at least. Uh, and I, I was surprised. I thought it would be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's been in four really good things, and maybe I'd like kind of sneak a fifth on there. Uh, but number five number five on this list is Black Klansman. There are okay. four better movies. Love Black Klansman. Uh, Black Klansman was quite good. Yeah. Uh, Adam Driver in the uh, the supporting uh, partner role. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he does, a, uh, he does a really good job. He, uh, he supports as well as he leads. Uh, great movie, both... Uh, both fun and just deeply upsetting, uh, kind, kind of, kind of in equal measure. Uh, well, Lee movies are. Yeah, and the uh, seemed like it was going to be the uh, the beginning of a huge rise for John David Washington. That he tried. Uh, yeah, he signed on with Christopher Nolan right after that. Yeah, good move has largely not taken, but like there's still a little time. But I think it, I think it's kind of almost over for him. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame. He's good. Uh, I hope it. Uh, I hope it turns around. 
Uh, Adam Driver, meanwhile, is still crushing it. Uh, in his number four role on my list, Marriage Story. How can you make this list without having seen 65? I, I I often make my list without having seen the most significant parts of these uh, these filmographies. It's just possible. these lists are about me, really. This isn't a list about Adam Driver. It's just about uh, me talking about myself. I I will see sixty five when it turns twenty. How about that? Aww. <laughs> I Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> marking it down in my uh, in my Noah Domus list. Uh, Marriage Story was really good. Uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson both did a... Did a... (laughs) (laughs) We're watching the Bulls game. (laughs) Sorry, I usually usually can contain my reactions. That was just like a really good pass. To Daylon Terry. Uh, Bulls up uh, six on the Knicks? Seven, uh, seven even. Yeah, even better. At the Garden. Uh, Marriage Story. (laughs) Oh, he punched that wall. Uh, Yeah. Just like a really, really strong said, I performance. Wish you were dead. Every uh, day I wake up and yeah. I hope you're dead or something. I like Black Klansman, uh, kind of equal parts funny and amusing and really upsetting. In a more personal way, Black Klansman's more like uh, society at large is uh, destroyed and we're all we're all in a lot of trouble. Or his marriage story is just like people get sad, uh, and both of those things are very true. Uh, number three. I went with a more recent edition, The Last well, Duel. I'm going to do the thing. You're going to do the thing. Yeah. You're being so much like your father. Do not compare it to my father. I didn't compare you to him. I said you were acting like him. You're just like your mother. You're really going to complain about her. You're doing your suffering every. First of all, I love my mother. She's a wonderful mother. I'm just repeating what you told me. Secondly, how dare you compare my mother to my mother? I may be like my father, but I am not like my mother. You are, and you're like my father, and you're also like my mother. You're all the bad things about all these people, but mostly your mother. Uh, this is the time I think I would like to introduce our two guests this week, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. Welcome, uh, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. What about, doesn't he say the thing where he goes, like, I wish you, every day I woke up and I wish you were dead? Uh, I think so. I mean, he says that at some point. Uh, I haven't seen the movie in a little while, uh, but yeah, that seems like it would come up in the big fight. Every day I wake up, yeah, that's what I want. Uh, yeah, every uh, every morning there's a halo hanging over the corner of my yeah, bed. Oh, I'll do it like that. What a good call. Hold on one second. Uh, also, yeah, rhymes. You were with you were dead. You so. are such a you are such a dick. Every day I wake up and I hope you're dead, dead like if I could guarantee. Henry would be okay. I hope you get an illness and then get hit by a car and die. <laughs> I'm sorry. Boom, boom, boom. And then she goes, me too. He says, I'm sorry. Right yeah. Uh, well, I think that was warranted. It's a pretty horrible thing to say. Uh, that was good. Nice. The Last Duel yeah. at number three. Great movie. Uh, great movie. Adam Driver is a villain. Ben, ben Schwartz. Ben, uh, ben Affleck should have been nominated for an Oscar. I agree. Ben Affleck also is a villain, uh, but a much sillier one. I, uh, yeah, just really, uh, really great, really slimy shit out of Adam Driver in this. Uh, the titular last duel is so good because Adam Driver really makes you mm-hmm. want to see him get horribly killed, and you might. Uh, no spoilers for the last duel. Uh, number two. My list is Silence. Yes. Uh, this was 
Martin Scorsese's, uh, I was about to say Martin Scorsese's treatise about religion, but then I realized that that would All be like a third of his are. filmography. All of them are. Uh, is. Yeah, some, some of them are about uh, guys that fly planes. Uh, but yes. Which one was that about? The Aviator. The Aviator, yeah. It's probably religious stuff in there. Uh, Silence, incredibly good. Uh, Adam Driver, yeah, Andrew Garfield, uh, Liam Neeson, just a, a very, very quiet, meditative uh, sort of thing about what it means yeah. to. Oh, I thought you meant one of the Liam Neeson ones after he said that one comment. <laughs> no, he was. He was. He uh... became very quiet and meditative. <laughs> yeah, after, after his publicist beat him into unconsciousness. Hmm. <laughs> I think we all became quiet and meditative when he was like, what did you say? <laughs> uh, yeah, a movie that I think pairs really well with the first Reformed as yeah. just two, two sort of examinations of what it's like to have a pretty severe crisis of faith. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really love this movie. I think it slept on among Scorsese's uh, I disagree. truly I great think movies. Really, I think film Twitter uh, are big fans of it. Uh, I I hope you're right because yeah. it uh, it certainly deserves it. And number one, the movie that Adam Driver actually has the smallest role in of this list. Uh, I probably should have taken that into consideration. Rise of Skywalker. I uh, no, he's he's pretty significant in Rise of Skywalker. House of Gucci. No, he's once again is the star of that film. Oh, well. <laughs> I. No, he has a great supporting role though in Inside Lewin Davis. Okay. Uh, as, yeah. What does he say? Uh, outer? Is that what it is? Space! Outer? Space! Uh, uh-oh! He does as well. Uh, if you have not seen Inside Lewin Davis, first of all, you should. It's uh, Don't tell them why we're doing that. It's an incredible movie. Second of all, Adam Driver's uh, appearance as a... Uh, not a competing folk musician. There but are a... two quotes from him on IMDb. Okay. One is Lou Davis. Who is Arthur Milgram? Al Cody. Oh, that's me. I'm going to change it legally at some point. And the other one is Al Cody singing, Outer Space. Outer Space. His performance in the song, Dear Mr. Kennedy, is uh, worthy of an Academy Award uh, for Best Song. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's, a, it's a really great movie, and his part is small, but he does it uh, he does it very well. His part's big. I've seen girls. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Well done. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to our actual top five. Uh, the weirdest top five of the year. Because uh, it's like a magic trick, isn't it? Where it's like suddenly you're like, wait, didn't migration open to like 18, and now it's at 60 or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and you're like, wait, didn't this movie open to this? Like, anyone but you open a, like, six, but now it's at 30, and you're like, what is happening? It's been two weeks. Yeah, all the, uh, all the all the numbers are weird and fake, and also movies are like, yeah, we came out this weekend, but actually they came out on Christmas, and so... Which was, like, almost the longest amount of time. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like a full, like, uh, you know, we get a four-day weekend? No, it's a seven-day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening here? Uh, anyway, at the top of the charts on week 52, yeah. uh, the very last days of 2023. You're uh, doing the three-day, right? Yes. All right, when we talk about it, I'll talk about uh, the gross for uh, the gross after the four days. Okay. So, yeah, we've got uh, Wonka, Wonka, Aquaman, and the Lost Kingdom. 
Migration, The Color Purple, and Anyone But You. Uh, and at the top, Wonka over the three-day weekend made $22.4 million, a 24.5% increase. On Monday, it made another 6.6, and it is up to 139 after the four-day weekend. 139. So, big hit. Um, the, uh, the holidays have been very kind to it, also the lack of event films in other places, especially even the ones we thought would be event films. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, are really helping the film. And it's the feel-good uh, musical of the season, and it's gonna get to over to it's gonna get to over what the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton summer blockbuster made in 2005. Not for tickets sold, but just grosses, which is crazy when we think about uh, it. No, yeah, I definitely think that's crazy. That was prime Depp and prime Burton, and uh, it's just and like a. Big summer push and wild. It's the uh, the biggest wrestling movie. It'll become, or if it's not already, I think it already has in the days since the weekend, become the highest grossing domestic film of Timothy Chalamet's career, beating Dune. Yeah, I, uh, I believe hit. that. Big hit. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is cool. This is a movie that I'm not like overly interested in, but also have no, uh, no particular ill will towards. And uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be great if there was uh, just every have to go to see it. every twenty years they make a new uh, a new iteration of Wonka and just like people love it forever, I guess. Uh, I, that's that's kind of what I don't understand. This is just one of those franchises that clearly has a, a deep and enduring fan base I, 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 across I also generations. Think it's really important who you get to be in it. Like I'm not saying Timothy. Is himself sold two hundred million dollars worth of tickets to this. He didn't, but I do think that the appeal is this person as Wonka, just like it was, you know, for uh, fifteen years. Sure. Tom Hanks as this American hero. It wasn't just they're finally making a Sully movie. It's Tom Hanks as Sully combined. Is an explosion of interest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's cool, and we'll. Uh, Plus, we'll, a weak marketplace. We'll continue to see how uh, how Wonka grows over the coming days because like the holiday legs are going away as last people week. go back to work Today's and school last week, yeah. but like it's still going to be a pretty quiet marketplace as we go into january yeah. and maybe wonka can just hold on hold on become a a, a real real phenomenon yep uh, aquaman and the lost kingdom came in at number two made 18.2 million dollars a 34 percent drop which uh, to me, if you have a 34% drop over the Christmas, New Year's combo weekend, that uh-huh. just feels like feels like a 60% drop. That's just huge. Yeah, it's, it's not great. It made another five on Monday. It brought the total up to 81. Like, we're going to get to, like, 110, maybe one over 120. But, um, no, you really want to increase everything else, Did Why can't you? Um, but nobody's interested, nobody's seen the movie. And there have been all these discussions about what's the bigger flop. Is it, you know, Aquaman or is it the Marvels or is it DC or is it Marvel? And like, nothing did well. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's not, they're both, um, this will gross more than the Marvels, but they're both sequels to billion dollar grossing hits, um, that completely flopped. And, uh, it's just, uh. Yeah, it is the 
the continued uh, the continued appearance of the fall of superheroes as an unmissable asset. Yep. You can still make a ton of money when you make a superhero movie that people are interested in and want to see and is good, but you can't just make them willy nilly anymore. Uh, you've got you've got to be selective. Madam Web. Yeah, that's uh, Madam Web is is not gonna not gonna do good. Huh? <laughs> I think. What's next? Uh, next up is Migration. Which made seventeen million dollars. That was a thirty-six point six percent increase over the three days. Yeah, that's a big amount of an increase from weekend to weekend for a film and wide release. It grossed out five million on Monday. It's at fifty-nine, um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna get to. I mean, this could leg it out like Puss in Boots and get to one sixty, one seventy, or it could fall from here and get to one twenty. Either way, solid programming. For Illumination, I just think they probably would hope for more. But like when you cast in Greenlight and market it this way, yeah, it's about as good as you're going to get. So it, it is um, a hit. People like it. You know, a hit in regard to the fact that people like it, not necessarily in regard to budget. You know, um, but uh, it's doing fine. Yeah, and you've got to be uh, you've got to be pretty happy generally with your sort of throwaway movie that you don't put a huge push behind, you don't put a huge cast behind, you just kind of make it and put it out there and see what happens. And, like, it's going to make $100 million? That's, uh... That, that seems good as, like, a, a floor for your releases. And then if you want to do the next one and try... Yeah. You want to get get some stars, make some trailers, maybe have people watch the trailers, like, you might... It's, uh, you might make $200 million. It's benefiting from Aquaman not being like an all-audience thing. So. Yeah. All right. All right. On to the Color Purple, which came out Christmas Day, and this weekend made $11.7 million. Yep. And on Monday, actually, is in fifth place with $2 million, uh, 46%, or 46 total growth. So after the $18 million uh, huge Christmas Day, which was led by a huge push from Warner Brothers to get group sales and pre-sales through church groups and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, we all thought, oh, this could be a huge thing. Turns out it wasn't. It was very specifically uh, front-loaded because of the massive push they had for those pre-sales and yeah. for those specific group tickets. Um, after that, it is just a normal... Uh, release it's going to gross more than like cats and it already has grossed more than cats and west side story and in the heights and you know you can name all these musicals that yeah haven't done well but it is very disappointing considering what we expected and the film cost a hundred million dollars which is too much money considering how all those other musicals did and how much of those they they had going for them as well um so it'll get to like probably 70 to 90 and that'll be great for a color purple musical just on paper yeah uh how long has it been since i did my bit about my agency where i uh, tell the studios what they can and cannot spend on their movies uh it's been a couple we discussed it with somebody else that was here i don't know if it was 
I Ian or something, but somebody else was here. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm reviving it now. You want you want to spend a hundred million dollars on your color purple musical? That's as you said, too much money. Uh, this is this still does continue to just be like refreshing and good to me. It is a it is a disappointing number relative to what it could have been. Yeah. But also there was like there was a good two years there where it was just like oh, okay well. We just can't make normal movies for adults ever right. again. Cats is bigger and has a bigger cast. Uh, In the Heights has seemingly more cultural cachet at the time. Right. Um, uh, West Side Story has a beloved musical and Steven Spielberg. And this has, like, a beloved book, a beloved previous movie with Steven Spielberg, and a decent cast to bring people in. But they're just... This didn't have like the ingredients to make a smash musical, but that eighteen million really threw us all, and uh, we expected legs to carry it. It just wasn't there, so it's playing out like a best case scenario for this movie before that first day. Right, which is still great because you you tell me beforehand the color purple is going to make seventy million dollars. Yeah, I. You tell me that like six months ago, I say it's impossible. You're out of your mind. Yep. I'm uh, pretty sure it's on your no No, it is. Yeah, I, I said it would have like 30 or 35 million total. Yeah. Which I I think the process of that prediction was correct. And then the world changed for the better. And it's, it it's so rarely does that. I, That's next year's. Oh, yeah, that'll be. That'll Wait, be you know good. that song? Do I know that song? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Wicked. Yeah. Change for the better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a a good song with a couple of really weird lyrics in it, uh, which I think is true of a lot of Wicked. Uh, Okay. We'll talk about that. Hot Wicked take. Uh, At number five, Anyone But You. Yeah. Made $8.7 million. That was a (laughs) 45.9% increase. Anyone But Me, man. I'm the last person who's going to make that one. Um, Yeah, uh, this jumped into fourth place on uh, New Year's Day, made another 2.8. It's at 27, 28. I mean, this is going to make, like, this this could outgross uh, No Hard Feelings for the summer, which is crazy. This is really benefiting from counter-programming in the sense that this could just eke its way to $40, $50 million, which is crazy because it's just not good. And, like, no one's talking about it? Yeah. So, who the hell is seeing this? The, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. It's not good. <laughs> I've heard. Uh, your descriptions of it have really put me off of uh, what small amount of interest I may have had. Uh, now that we're approaching a theoretical $40, 50000000 million, uh-huh. uh, do you think there's room for a sequel? Will they make anyone but them? Anyone but about non binary person? I uh, that would be uh, that would be bold for a Would that be what it's called? Anyone but them? Look so they're together now. Spoiler alert. Right. Uh so it's not anyone but you. I'm thinking it's kind of like a double date situation. Like there's now a competing uh, couple. They that... should make date night where oh I guess that's like vacation friends is that same plot. With John Cena and Meredith Hagner and Little Ray. Okay. Rel. It's a Hulu movie. All right. That one is, is it out or coming out? I'm not, not familiar. Not only is it out, 
But a sequel was released this year. <laughs> a sequel was released this year. Yeah, it's about uh, very. Oh, Yvonne. Um, Strahovski? No, from Insecure. Oh, okay. Molly, it's a friend. Okay. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know her I name. Don't, I don't remember. Why did I go to Hulu? I wanted you to show you the trailer. But um, no, it's about a, a, a very, not a tight couple, like a normal couple, who goes on a big vacation and get roped into these crazy friends okay. who are there and they, uh, vacation friends. And they, uh, they rope them into, like, I guess there's like fighting involved. I really don't remember specifically. Um, what the the deal is, and then it turns out that these vacation friends that they've made are actually uh, horrible monsters that are pursuing children internationally. No, what is this? Is this uh, is this uh, no sex exit? Uh, what is that movie called? No, it's uh, yeah. They're remaking it. It's coming out this year. Yeah, uh, speak no, no evil. Speak no evil. Yeah, yeah that movie's gonna rock. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Profoundly upsetting film. I'm excited to see what they do with that remake. Yeah, see, they're just like crazy, and they get them worked up into some crazy stuff. Okay. And of course, they lace the drinks with cocaine. Great vehicle for Meredith Hagner, by the way. Big, big fan of hers. I'm glad she had a big thing to do. John Cena looks weird and like thin here, but still muscular. Yeah, John John Cena's really gone the opposite way of The Rock, where. Yeah. Since leaving WWE, he is like he's maintained his figure, but he has lost quite a bit of bulk. Yeah, and I think good. I I think that is good. You want to resemble a normal human being, which he did not for many years, Uh, and you see him in like sisters and whatever, and you're just like, oh fuck, that's that guy's a colossus. Uh, but it does look weird to just look at John Cena as like a normal guy. That was like, what if Ike Barinholtz worked out for a long time? That Hulu movie could have made money at the box office. Could have yeah. been as big of a hit as that the thing was. The anyone but you. Uh, anyway, it's fine. It's okay. I, I watched the first one, um, but a sequel came out. But anyway, that movie is that. Yeah. And then I was thinking more of like a date night scenario. Okay. You know, but instead of like the Steve Carell and Tina Fey, it's two couples going on a double date. That should have been the sequel to Date Night. Is they take friends out on a double date and then they get again into like a dangerous scenario. Yeah. But this time they're like totally competent and it's the other people who are freaking out. Yeah. No, I uh, I like this and you anyway. can you can completely uh, completely change up the genre for the sequel to this I movie. I still think the best thing that we pitched for these movies is the sequel to Ticket to Paradise. I. You'll have to remind me. So the whole thing with Ticket to Paradise, right? It, yeah. I can't even remember. I can't. Uh, the whole thing with Ticket to Paradise is that they are pretending to be cordial for their daughter's wedding, right? Right. But they hate each other. Yes. And through that, they both re-fall in love with each other. Yes. Oh, they're trying to break up the wedding. Yes. Sorry. So, Ticket to Paradise, which would be called Return Ticket to Paradise, I don't know. Uh, I think we had a title, I don't remember. Uh, is about how... Their daughter, played by Kaylin Deaver, goes to the couple who are now back together and says, listen, my friend, uh, uh, Lord, uh, Lord, what's her Billy last Lord. name? Billy Lord. Billy Lord has run away to Hawaii or some locale with a guy who she just met and she's going to get married and I don't like him, I don't trust him, and we, you need to fix him. They're both like Julie Roberts and George Miller. Why do we have to fix him? 
Like, because she only got married because she, it, was, it was a terrible, toxic relationship with this guy. And she saw you two were fighting all the time, but then you got back together. And she thinks she can make it work with him. You made her believe in love, you idiots. And now she thinks she can just go and be happy with him. And she can't. He's awful. He's the worst. And so they have to then fly to the, her wedding with Caitlyn Deaver and pretend to have broken up. I I do rem- I do remember this pitch now. That it didn't yeah. work. Yeah, that you love do it doesn't exist. And in doing so, they reignite their hatred for each other and actually break up, leading to a third act twist where Caitlyn Deaver has to go to, to, to Billy Lord and say, okay, listen, my parents were actually in love, and now because of you and this, they're getting a divorce again, and you and you need to fix it. And then they have to team up to try to get them back together at the end. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be better than the first one. It's so good. It's a farce. It's so good. Damn it. Anyway. <laughs> I think that's a great place. All right, what's next? Uh, well, that was uh, that was it for our top five. Do you want to also uh, talk yeah, about we'll talk Boys about in the Boat and Ferrari? About, yeah, Boys in the Boat. <laughs> the Speaking fuck? of George Clooney. Speaking of George Clooney, who directed a movie no one had ever heard of. Apparently, every old person on earth is seeing it. Made eight million dollars this weekend. It's at twenty-two. It's it's gonna. It's, this is gonna crack forty. It could get to fifty. What is this? No one knows what this movie is, and yet people are seeing it. It's about boat boys. Um, Iron Claw's doing really well. Uh, that increase, that's at 16. That could get to 30, boasting its chances for Oscar nominations. That's thrilling. Ferrari's not doing well at all. Costs $75 million. Uh, yeah, welcome in to your, to your meeting. Thank you so much for coming, Mr. Mann. You know, <laughs> you're a legend, and... I'm happy for the studios to waste their money on you as much as they want, but I do have to tell you that I just advised uh, Neon and the you want to make heat financing. Too, Mr. Man? You want to make Heat 2? Well, here's your budget. Yeah, uh, budget for Heat 2? They can do that in 40? Yeah, I think 40 is fine. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> the Hunger Games holding well. It's going to crack. It already cracked 160. Uh, that's probably about where it's going to end. Uh, the Boy and the Heron's probably going to end up getting to 40. Uh, Godzilla, minus one, might get to 50. Like, we're rolling here. Four Things is a 10. What did you say that would get to? Uh, I said that it would cross 40. Yeah, I don't that, know. Yeah, that doesn't seem to have uh, taken in quite the way no. that I thought it would. Again, I think that the the process of that prediction was sound. I still see the path for that to have happened. But it really would have popped off by now if it was going to. You know what's nice, though, is that the box office is up 11% this past two weekends from last year when Avatar dominated everything. And I know what you're thinking. How could that be? Avatar made like $70 million the second weekend. It made so much its first weekend. Like, how, how could that happen? And it's because studios have – because – and, again, studios couldn't have made – Studios couldn't have known that Aquaman was going to flop like a big dumb fish. Right. And that uh, Wonka was going to be the big hit and, and all this kind of stuff. Studios came into this holiday season knowing that Aquaman's going to make $300-plus million plus and it's just going to be the big movie. So they wrapped so many things around it. Now, usually what happens is the thing would happen with Avatar, where it's one thing makes all the money, some things make some money, and so on and so forth. And that's really it. The reason why we're up 11% is because the studios also, and when I said this at the beginning of this holiday season, it's a bad idea, there's too many movies. But 
because Aquaman didn't do a whole lot, because Wonka's doing really, really well, and because Color Purple is just doing okay along with Migration, is that we've had days during this last two weeks where like seven movies make a million dollars, over a million dollars in a day. That's huge. It doesn't happen a lot. The theaters can't be happy that Aquaman isn't crushing it like they thought it would. But there is something to the to the fact that studios pumped various types of movies, two musicals, several adult R-rated dramas, a raunchy, not really raunchy, comedy, uh, 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 several kids' films into the marketplace so that when you look on Fandango and you look on your AMC app, there's not just six, there's not just four things playing. There's nine things yeah. playing. There's poor things playing. There's poor things is playing. Like Godzilla, uh, Godzilla minus one, uh, Hunger Games, The Boy and the Heron. These things added some theaters because the variety here is driving people to go to the theaters. They look and they go, it's not just, it, otherwise they would just go, I know Avatar's out, but you know, I don't really want to see Avatar. Sure. Now they're looking at the app and going, oh, look at all these things. We went to a Boy in the Heron screening last Friday that was really full. Yeah, it was a uh, very, very large crowd for what I would have expected for the Boy in the Heron. So, you know, studios focused on real-world adult themes and a diverse slate, and they're reaping the rewards. We're not getting a big mega hit, but we are getting uh, a bunch of 50, 40 million dollar hits that are just as important as Aquaman Making a billion dollars. Yeah, this is a... That's how I end my holiday. I think not unlike when a bad sports team fires their coach and then the players get really excited and like play better for a few games. Mm-hmm. Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom is the coach and was really just dragging down everything around it. But then when it got fired by sucking shit and uh-huh. no one saw it, Suddenly, Wonka and Migration and all of the movies that you just cited, they're, they're excited. They're playing harder. They're, they're communicating uh, amongst themselves so that they can perform well. Aquaman was like a huge, talented player who came to a franchise very, you know, very young, a little accomplished, and really built himself at that, you know, Aquaman, first Aquaman came out, Six years ago, and for six years, it built itself and that team, and it, it, it got to a couple all-star games, and the city really rallied around it, and they called the city home, but nothing really materialized from it. And so he decided he might not want to play there anymore, and then suddenly he got injured. His, his and, uh, flipper hurt. <laughs> and, and he had to sit on the sidelines this season like Aquaman did. And then what's this? All these other players on the team suddenly have a chance to do well and are doing kind of well. Listen, I we still love Aquaman and he'll always be a great part of this organization, regardless of what you and Joe think. I think that Aquaman is welcome back at the United Center anytime he wants. I think he gave us uh, seven entertaining years here. He got to a couple all-star games with us. Uh, he wore the uniform proudly. He called this place home. His child was raised here. His firstborn child was raised here. He's a, 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 a box office uh, bull for life, for life. Listen, I'm a much bigger supporter of Aquaman than I think you think I am. <laughs> I, in fact, so much so that I'm actually kind of offended at the comparison. 
Okay. Uh, no, to Aquaman. Because oh, <laughs> uh, that just seems hurtful to the to the fellow. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, the color purple is uh, Terry Taylor in this metaphor. Anyway, uh, let's do some games. All right. It is time to play the final edition of everybody's Whoa, favorite game. I've heard this before. Which did <laughs> it make more or less than? Uh, before I've said that I'm getting close to wrapping it up and have quite... Any any day now is going to be the last one, and this is our, you know, we, we have records of what you actually said. Is that what you're going? With? We have entered the new year, but we are covering the final weekend of sure. the year. Night swim is the is the clean slate <laughs> that we all need. Uh, yeah, I mean, it might uh, the, our new game might relate to Working night swim. We'll have to swim. We'll have to find out next weekend. Ooh, uh, going for my night swim. But until then, we all know how to play. I named three movies, and you tell me whether each one made more or less than Insomnia, Little Women, or both. Uh We're waving uh, goodbye to Barbenheimer here. For a bonus point, you can tell me the final gross of each movie within $5 million. Are you ready to play? Yes. Your first film is Precious, colon, based on the novel, uh, quotes, push, end quotes, by Sapphire. Yeah. Um, Less. That movie, compared to Insomnia, yeah. did make less. Yeah. That's correct. And I have to guess the gross, right? Within $5 million. 45. That is within $5 million. It is 47.5. So a quick two points. Can you continue your run with Terminator Salvation? Oh, um, more. <clears throat> Compared to Little Women, Terminator Salvation, in fact, made more. That's right. That is correct. 125. See, it made 125.3. <laughs> I just knew it was the 120s. Uh, I did my best. So, yeah, that uh, that's four points. You are, uh, you are undefeated so far. Your final film is The Ugly Truth. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, middle. <laughs> middle, baby. 2008, I think? No, that's crazy. Uh, it is not 2008. It is in the middle. I know for some people, me going, 2008, no, that's crazy. Seems like a weird sentence to say. <laughs> what, uh, you fucking mind? 2008. <laughs> I don't think those people listened to the first 10 minutes of this podcast then. <laughs> they just skipped ahead. Is that right? 2008, no. Oh. No, no, no. You didn't say is a number. It in the middle. Yeah, it is in the middle. Oh, yeah. Yes, I said, yeah. Uh, uh, I know it's in the 80s, 85. Uh, it is, sorry, I went away to find out what year it is. 88.9. Now, what year was it? 2010? Nine. Nine, okay. There's a scene in there where he gets her vibrating panties. <clears throat> I'll explain the plot. Hell uh, yeah. No need. <laughs> Catherine and I go play. The plot is that he gives her vibrating panties. Uptight bitch. And Gerard Butler's the coolest man in the world. And he's got to show her a thing or two about loosening up. But she's got to show him a thing or two about how to be classy or something. So at one point he gives her um, vibrating panties and she has to wear them? I don't know why. She has them on, but she does, and uh, she's at a very important business dinner, and he's at a table nearby, and he's just cranking that shit, 
And she cranks off and basically comes to the table. It's wild. That is a surprisingly kinky scene it's for ter- The Ugly Truth. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> I expect. Well, it features one of our worst actors. I... If only I knew any other actor in it that I could say as a joke. <laughs> I'm glad that you don't. I'll take a guess and I'll say... Uh, Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> no way Jason Sudeikis is in that film. Well, he was in Hall Pass. He's wonderful. I, the past three weeks you have gone six points, five points, six points. So it is definitely time to retire this game as you have mastered it. Uh, but well done. I was going to say John Michael Higgins, but I was worried you would think, like, well, we just saw him, so obviously he's just going to say John Michael Higgins. We see you saw him in a lot of stuff. He's in the movie. And I was Kevin Connolly, I could have said. That would be a good one. That's exactly what I would have said. Uh, Kevin Connolly. Craig Ferguson as himself. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they have a guest spot on the Late Late Show. Why do these people write this? What is going on? The writers of Legally Blonde in L.A. and Ch- they must have done a pass at it. There's no way it's that movie. They write too much good shit for that. Maybe it was just uh, bungled in the editing room. Yes. Who can say? Uh, come and gone from a theater near you, though. Are you ready to go back in time? Yeah. You are. Wonderful news. Uh, we are revisiting the year 2012. The... Final weekend of 2012, we had three, uh, I, again, new releases is tough because... 2012, um, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. I... No, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. That had been out. out, yes. That is at the top of the box office. Uh, but it is in week three at this point. 2012. Ow. 2012. All right, I'll need some, uh, some clues here. Okay. Uh, I'm like 2004. 2012 is not, not bad. The number two movie here, we I have... I less time to just sit in class or after class and just look at box office mojo. Right. Uh, number two was a big a big deal adult movie. Ladies movie for out. adults. Uh, that's actually number three. God. Uh, that was going to be my uh, my musical analog. But yeah, Les Le- Mis so is on the list. Playbook. No. Lincoln. No. Lincoln is on the list, but had been out for eight weeks. Silver Linux Playbook? Uh, Silver Linux Playbook had been out for seven weeks. Uh, so you're in the right year. I know. Uh, now, think a little more... Uh, it, it's not it's not an action movie, but it is it is actiony. It's uh, it's fun and big and pulpy, but like was was definitely like a, an Oscar it? player. Yes, an Oscar player that was an action movie that was pulpy. Yes, Lone Survivor. No, I don't know. Oh uh, oh no 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 no. Is pulpy a big clue there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Pulpy was a big clue. I just rewatched it with my mom like a few months ago. Uh-huh. It's good. It's really fun. It's really great. Yeah, I feel like going into a... Before, before your most recent rewatches of Django and Inglorious Bastards... I it was flipped. Yeah, you would have been like, I'm an Inglorious sure. Bastards guy and Django's not so my too. bag. I thought so too. But now it's the it's other flipped. way around. By the way, I know James Jamie's great in it. Will would have 
crushed it. Sure. He would have crushed that role and would have been nominated for an Oscar. All right. And God God knows what he would have done to the people trying to give it to him. <laughs> Uh, he did it. He would have done it no matter what. What? Yeah. What? What would Russell Brand have said about Jada Pinkett Smith? You know. Um. <laughs> I'm not actually trying to solicit an answer to that. All right. All right. Um, all right. So you got Django Unchained. Uh, you're guessing. The gross? <laughs> I don't re- yeah. Like 25. Uh, so in the three day weekend, Django made 30. Not great. Uh, but also due to the holiday, had made 63 to this point. Yeah, how about How about Les Mis? You got a uh, You got a gross uh, on that what, one. Was it the opening weekend? Yeah. Ki- I mean, kind of. Again, it had. It had come out several days prior. uh, 28. 27. Yeah. Your third film. Uh, This one is going to be harder. This is a comedy, a a family film. Family? Yes. Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Chipwrecked. Uh, No, it is live action. Yogi Bear. No, it is live action. That is you. Excuse me. What, is he in a costume? No. Yogi and Boo Boo are animated in live action. Okay, yeah, it is. This is one hundred percent live action. Okay. The star is a human man you? Oh. who is married to a human woman. We bought a zoo. No. So it's about an old married couple. Uh, a children's movie. Yes. Uh, let's see, and I'm actually, I actually have to catch you, myself up on the plot of this. this no, I, I don't know that I've heard of it. What? Uh, but it did... Oh, 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 oh. Oh, God, what? Oh, no. Billy Crystal? <laughs> Bette Midler? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what Grand, the Grandparents? Grand yeah. Parenting. Yeah, they're... Uh, what is it called? Is it no, called Grandparents? No, it's not. Right, it's hold, called... on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Oh, you picture it. He's like holding them by the foot or something, right? Uh, by the arm. Yeah, he's got. Oh no, she's holding one by the foot, and he's holding one by the wrist. I, I'm. Uh, can you clue the title? Uh, okay. Uh, this is uh, this is often uh, not quite offered to people, but uh, suggested. Oh. Uh, Die. Well, when like specifically, if you're trying to if you're trying to gauge. Whether or not you should go see a movie, whether or not a movie is appropriate. Yeah. Oh, parental uh, guidance. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> parental guidance, starring Billy Crystal and Bette Midler, Marissa Tomei, and Tom Everett Scott. Yeah. I. Uh, Would that open to? Eighteen. No. Yeah. Is it eighteen? I. In fact, it was fourteen and a half. I was gonna switch to thirteen. But you said yeah. I. All right, that's fine. I just realized. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let the uh, let the listeners doing? in on uh, yeah. so a little, little inside baseball here. I forgot to plug in my computer, and my computer is old and bad, uh, so it might die. Uh, so Brian, I'm gonna pass it off to you for a sec. Um, I, hold on. I can't. Almost there. Ah! Well, he's crawling over every day. Every day I wake up and I hope you're dead, dead like if I could. Guarantee that Henry would be okay. I hope you get it. I was like, hit by a car and I just thought I did it so right the first time. 
We're good. If only I could take a picture of you. You look crazy. I'm back. Click on parental guidance. Everything's fine. I think it's sixty. Parental guidance. Sixty million dollars worth of people went to see that in Ruben's bar. Uh, seventy-seven point two. That's fucking. That's domestic. Yeah, it's domestic. You sick. Worldwide made one hundred and twenty million dollars. Just, I mean, Billy Crystal is inimitable. So that's why he's in so many movies now. <laughs> yeah, they're so leaving money on the table. Such a huge hit. Listen, if you want to put Billy Crystal in Heat 2, I'll bump up your budget $20 million. <laughs> great, sure. Um, all right, what, uh, we're done, right? Yeah. All right, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. We should have done a preview thing, but oh well. Listen, uh, next week, Night Swim comes out. We'll see how well that does. Blum streak, uh, does Blum House streak continue? Um, and also, just movies opening in January have, have done really well recently. First horror of the 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 year is always uh, first week of January. Night Swim. Going back to like white noise in like 2004 and shit. Night um, Swim. Noah, recommend a movie for the folks. Night Swim! No, uh, you go. You go see Night Swim. I am really excited for Night Swim. I think it'll be fun. Uh, I hope it's not too I silly. I think it's going to be bad. I'm, listen, I am really worried that the horror movie industry at large, and specifically Blumhouse, is going to take the wrong lessons from uh, like Megan and Malignant and stuff. Movies which are really good at what they do and I really enjoyed but I don't want to be like the primary mode of horror for the next three years of just like really silly no it's just I I I want I want horror movies to primarily try to be scary and not be like raucous and full of laughter but also with horror elements I want those, those should be sporadic and when it's appropriate, like in Malignant or Megan. But don't just make that. Uh-huh. And I think they might. Uh, but I'm excited for Night Swim. My recommendation is The Boy and the Heron, uh, which, like many other movies, is Hayao Miyazaki's last film uh, and is uh, has a lot to say about his previous films. Uh, and it's just really, really it's fucking good. Legacy and, and yeah, the and responsibility of artistry. And the the life the life that he's led and the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really tremendously good. I also say the boy and the heron's up there with my favorite Miyazaki's Grand Finale's and all of them. Um, and so I say go see that as well on a big fat screen. All right, plug us up. All right, you can find us at whatsinthebossoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Miller Drew. I'm at Brian DeServer, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. Is Letterbox working? They were down. Uh, down? They were down for a bit. You know what's different about Letterbox compared to the other sites is that Letterbox doesn't go down. It is working. Uh, is that social network? Yes, it was. All right. Uh, oh, wait, no, you're not done. Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, because uh, the feed for our podcast. Look, look it up where you listen to podcasts, and we'll be happy about it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my rhythm. I had to come up with something on the fly. I'm not an improviser. Okay, great. Um, yeah, this is everyone. That's going to be it for uh, oh, oh, it's a podcast. What's a podcast? <laughs> I've been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Brian. We'll see you next week. And until then, 
Happy New Year! Night swim!